0: Today I am joined by Matthew Peterson. Uh, Matthew is the president of New Founding and the founder of the American Mind. Welcome, Matthew.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great to be on this podcast. It's, it's one of the one of the most interesting ones.
0: Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's been it's been a long time coming. I have to say the same about your podcast at the American Mind. I've mentioned it many times on this podcast. It's one of the ones that I, I never miss the the round table please do listen to the roundtable from the Claremont Institute. Um, You're an occasional guest, often guest, maybe permanent guest. I don't know exactly.
1: Yeah, well, I was on um, basically all the time, but then um, I created new founding with my co-founder here in Dallas. So um, I'm on about once a month. I think I'm supposed to be on. (laughs) Yeah, that's just what I I felt that you were missing. Yes, today I, I realized I need to go back on. It's been a little while and it's fun to... I miss uh, talking to the guys.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very good one um, because it's kind of like a it's it's a roundtable. It's a roundup of a, a lot of things that have been going on in our sphere and outside, uh, and it's got some some really great commentary from you know the the likes of uh, Spencer Clavin, James Poulos, who've been on this podcast as well, um, and everyone at the wonderful American Mind. So, um, <laughs> I there's a phrase that keeps coming up whenever I I look into your work, and it's this uh, concept of no neutrality. Um you've written about this. I mean, what does no neutrality mean in, in the context of, of what's coming up for people um on our side?
1: Well, I mean, first let me set a bit of context. So I think about um your uh you know, Joe Rogan listener, your um uh you know, your uh your kind of sports sports fan uh American um uh, male or female, like what's the kind of mass audience of people who flirt with talking about politics, but not really, because let's face it, most people are not very online and most people are not thinking about politics to the extent that, uh, some of us do in that context, that there's a lot of people who are trying to maintain, um, a kind of neutrality and, and some of it's just ignorance. Like, I don't want to pay attention to that stuff. I don't really need to. Politicians suck. Uh, leave me alone. Uh, and, and so as an individual, if, th- if that's where people are at, there's no neutrality because they're not going to leave you alone. They're not going to leave your kids alone. And, the, and that's what we're seeing, people waking up every day right now, realizing, you know, I can't ignore this stuff anymore. Um, what happened in the last two years really accelerated people's understanding um, of this fact that they're not going to leave you alone. And there's this lie of post-World War II liberalism that all these structures can be neutral, that they can be apolitical in a way uh, when, of course, they, they can't be. I mean, and no one in the early American Republic would have thought that for a second. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right, that you think that you know, schools will be neutral or, um, or the business can be neutral even. Um, and so it, when it comes to those who are involved in revenue generating entities, they've also imbibed this lie and pretended, and the, the right, of course, maybe just as worse than the left Uh, has pretended that that you can be businesses neutral is about providing goods and services to people. Uh, But the problem is that um, what people want and desire isn't neutral and what you influence them, uh, when you influence their desires, that's not neutral either in terms of the good or what's actually good and evil. And when you think about advertising itself in the last century, the complaint by smarties on the right and left was always mass media creates... Um, advertising as we know it, which alters people's desires, right? Uh, So they start wanting things they didn't know they wanted. And when you start messing with desire like that, you can make things that are evil appear good and and good appear evil. And you're going to influence people's behavior in ways that are not neutral at all, right? So it was never neutral. Advertising was never neutral. It's based on one way of life being better than another. Um, And and, and, uh, it's not purely materialism even there's always virtue signaling going on that's human nature so you can't scrub out you know the good from these things that's the big picture where we are now though is for business especially for products um, for the entire economy and for our culture they will not leave you alone this is a you know cultural imperialism uh the 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 woke religion demands that no other gods before it Um, If there are other gods, they have to bow down to it, right? Um, And so they're not going to leave you alone. And if you're in a situation where you declaring neutrality, which is where people are, whether they realize it or not, this is what they're slowly coming to realize in business. You're in a situation where your declaration of neutrality is considered war, right? Is considered opposition by the wokeness. Then what benefit is it to you? You're going to be attacked anyway, so ultimately what you need is to, to positively plant a flag in a different direction, right? In, a, in a, a positive, I think, movement for a more human way of life that stands, it's a broad coalition that stands against um, this madness. And so people aren't there yet. They don't even see what that positive vision might be. They, uh, But I do think they're realizing they can't remain neutral, if that makes sense. Yeah, this
0: this seems to be also kind of a a, a point of cleavage between kind of the the old right and what is now the new right it's uh essentially we don't agree on don't tread on me i think that's that's kind of slowly phasing out i mean do you're kind of more obviously more involved in in the politics on the ground in america uh do you see that friction with libertarians kind of the the old school fusionists uh becoming something important yeah i mean
1: so i want to preface this by saying like I mean, we have to define what we mean by libertarian first, right? But let's say we mean someone who, yeah, thinks all this stuff should be neutral. uh, Freedom is always good in any way, shape, or form. Government exists to allow people to be free and make their own choices, and yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, I mean, they're they're good for some things. Like, I think they're right about the administrative state. They're right about, um, you know, kind of Rand Paul is right about a lot of things. Um, and he's very much, uh, you know, his name is Rand for a reason. Um, so I, I think that there's a sometimes practical overlap with people who are card-carrying libertarians on policy issues in a coalition, right? So I don't go, uh, you know, that's just a fact. And I agree with them a lot of things. Like foreign policy, I think a lot of libertarians have some, they've been saying some good things. But fundamentally, uh, it's been a virus <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's negatively impacted the right, when it comes to the idea that you can shy away um, from moral claims or justice, claims of justice in politics. and politics. And that's where um, that larger sense of libertarian is, uh, that's been a real problem. And I think that that's just fading away. I mean, you know, because, be, because it's not natural, it's not real. Um, you can't you, you can live in a fantasy world for a while Uh, But, you know, eventually the walls come crashing down. What you think is just, what you think human nature is, what you think good and evil are, what you think the purpose of people are, these are things that, uh, you know, if you fundamentally disagree on, you cannot live as one polity together. This is fundamental political philosophy 101. This isn't some wild, you know, I mean, half the time, I think all the online right is just, you know, they think they're really cool saying these things. It's like, well, yeah, Aristotle actually said that, you know, thousands of years ago. It should be a commonplace. I get it, you know, it's, it's edgy now, but what they're saying is so that crap crazy, um, that this becomes like edgy dissent. So that you can't scrub justice or the good out of politics. And I think that the, the recognition every day now, like millions of people are sort of moving to that point where they, they realize what's really important. And these lies or this, this rhetorical, like smokescreen is fading away. Um, especially if they're younger.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the case uh, with, with you know, like you said, younger people. Uh, I've uh, I, I went to a conference recently. I was invited to speak, surprisingly, and uh, there were a lot of very young people. Like the kind of the the um, the there were two types of of uh, attendee. You know, older in in this case, it was in Europe, so kind of bureaucrat types, and mm-hmm. then the younger people were very, very much. Uh, I mean, probably very online because everyone is nowadays. But they're also very. Um, Yes, they were very much on board with uh, with the ideas of the online right, and they're very energized to uh, to do something in the real world, uh, in the sense of you know, uh, you know, just just either organizing or, like you said, um, you know, participating economically in some form of venture that uh, enshrines these values that are not the values of the regime. So um, yeah, I think. I'm I'm pretty hopeful for at least you know the 20 or 30 people that I met uh but uh I'm sure that that's just you know the tip of the iceberg um, cuz there is a lot of energy I mean there's uh, there's been a lot of pieces you know and there's that recent vanity fair piece surprisingly fair piece as well uh about the new right um and uh you know there's there's quite a lot of energy and Elon Musk has bought Twitter, <laughs> which is an an interesting uh which which you've actually described as an act of statesmanship I mean could you uh, elaborate why why is that uh, why is that the buying of Twitter uh an an act of statesmanship
1: well that goes to the the no neutrality bit right I mean um in a situation in which I mean since this is the subversive podcast I'll say something I don't tweet uh, which is uh, since since we're in a situation where democratic politics have broken down. Um, and in reality, it's very difficult if you're in politics, politics to be a statesman. Um, one can say it's almost impossible. I don't think it's impossible, but it's very difficult in, uh, the way the system is set up now to actually act for the sake of the common good with real power as a member of Congress, for instance. I mean, Congress is a dysfunctional body, um, that has, you know, nominal oversight at this point. I mean, the, the best they can do is publicize things. Maybe. I mean, they don't pass laws really anymore. So, so um, in that situation, which I will say uh, is oligarchic. I mean, if you're if you've already your re- regime form has already changed into a, uh, a sort of oligarchy, uh, then all of a sudden the the statesmanship you need is going to come from. Uh, the wealthy, if they're going to move in the right direction, and that would be aristocratic in the best sense, if they're actually excellent or doing something that's really for the good of the people. Traditionally, they would call that an aristocracy. Of course, that has bad, uh, bad rap in uh, in uh, in our country. But but the idea would be that you you're almost you've almost forced statesmanship out of politics um, by virtue of uh, of uh, the way in which the regime is morphed. So now you're in a situation where. In in business is where you can actually influence things and and actually influence politics because of course if they're all going to you know be very small minded um, money grubbers in politics I mean all they want is like five million dollars in assets and uh, you know some restaurants where maybe people kind of know their name uh, and a couple nice vacations I mean they don't they don't have like deep and lofty desires for for, for glory um, if those are the clowns in charge then you can tell them what to do if you are a business titan or a cultural titan who creates kind of cachet and prestige that they desire. Uh, and so, so so in Musk's case, you know, I mean, it, it, is it, it's impossible to imagine for me the federal government as it presley has constituted actually going after, say, Google, right? Uh, or these companies who are, who are transforming the public square and manipulating people's minds. On the other hand, the one place where you could still do it is if you're Elon Musk literally the richest man in the world <laughs> <laughs> so and even then I'm not sure if he can actually buy Twitter I'll believe it when it happens I assume it's happening I'm very happy about it but even then like that's how powerful the, these forces are so you look at this the only the only people who have actual power um, uh, they are the ones who then can become uh, statesmen and, and I that's the situation and in that situation in locks in the locks, Elon Musk who wants to do these very bold but but kind of physical, tangible, visceral, practical things, right? Like traffic underneath the ground, will bore will fly high up to Mars. And, uh, you know, so th- 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 he's doing those things. That's very different than Twitter, right? It's a completely different entity. The reason he wants to do it is because of something that relates directly to the common good in a more ethereal way. Uh, and in, in this environment, that's an act of statesmanship. And that's what I would say where people should focus much more attention on uh because to me that's more powerful than most political positions in America or in any other western country.
0: And there was um uh a, a Curtis Yarvin piece uh, about I don't know maybe 6 or 7 months ago um essentially I don't know if it was entitled something like big tech has no power uh, or something like that. It was it was using the um the example of Mark Zuckerberg to illustrate that even he is um kind of under the the, the sway of, of kind of the, the woke behemoth that he controls. Like essentially that middle management and all these people very animated by the, the woke uh, ethos uh, are in charge of his company. So even if he wanted to, to change tax, it does feel to me like Elon Musk is a different kind of animal. Like he really does not care. And I think the the challenge now is to see if he can really pull it off, like if his power actually translates into, into things in the real world. I mean, he's making the rockets, uh, but the rockets, I guess, are not dependent on woke middle management as much, or maybe they are. I, I don't know what the nitty gritty is, but yeah, there, there's something there. I mean, it seems like the vibe has shifted mm-hmm. to allow something like this to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I take... Um this point from Curtis probably more, more seriously than a lot of his other points. I mean, I think he's got real insight here. And I I think the way to think of these men is often as a captive um, beleaguered. I mean, just look at Jack on Twitter. I mean, the guy Mm. seems like someone who's, you know, do you feel in charge? I mean, (laughs) he doesn't (laughs) seem like someone who's ever in charge in a way. Um, Musk is different just because of, uh you know first the low the wealth level. Um but also he was running companies that were not taken over um by this nonsense. That's actually notable, right? I mean does anyone really I mean I'm sure there's people of all different kinds and beliefs, you know, in his companies, but it doesn't come up, does it? Uh, and I think that he knows um like uh, I mean he really—he's—he's he's not just building something where people blather all day, right? I mean, he's—he's he's building real stuff that has to do real things in—in in physics and in, in the time and space and in, in the physical reality. And so he knows that if—that um, if this craziness gets its way, his identity politics gets its way, he won't go to Mars. Right? I mean, he will not have—he will not be able to uh, have innovate and fi- and find talent and uh, and elevate it. Um, so he's clearly against that and he's kept it out of of uh, his companies and so I think he's in a truly uh, different position now on the other hand, I'm sure that he's got uh, you know some things he's beholden to right For instance, he doesn't talk about China very much uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but man I forgive him I mean he's not he's not it's I don't know what the what the forces would be for him, but I think it's definitely true that he's in a very different situation um than um, um than someone who's you know ceo of the company and that's a different i mean they're they're, the, they be, they're beholden um in many cases like with jack they don't actually own very much the company um you know that's a very different scene and then when you're dealing with both china in the case of twitter and the intelligence community um and so much is at stake um curtis's point which i just think is true is like the right doesn't even they don't even come close to having that kind of power like why would jack ever give a crap about what you have to say you know um you don't even he's dealing with uh you know god knows what and hands around his neck that are much more powerful than you know a lot of people on the right could possibly imagine so i i i think but but here's the thing. i think right now you see three guys in the last month uh come out and it's really remarkable and it's historic and uh, most of our commentary is retarded, and people don't even bring it up or talk about it. Peter Thiel comes out in April; I think it was April seventh um, at the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Basically, declares war on big finance. I mean, just just like talking about Warren Buffett being a you know geriatric sociopath, whatever. I mean, it just went off. One of the most belligerent things he's ever said, I, I think. It's like a declaration of war, revolutionary youth movement that needs to break down all of the you know this this stuff. He's speaking against both corporations. It's kind of unhinged, right? He's like off the chain, and I don't know why that didn't get more attention. It did get attention, but that was pretty amazing, and it was in the context of Bitcoin, maybe, so it limited it. But that was a very, uh, you know, remarkable statement, kind of a declaration of of, of revolution or war, uh, politically and culturally. And then you go to um, you go to Mark Andreessen, who all of a sudden, right? I mean, is is not only (laughs) taking red pills for breakfast, apparently he's giving them out. And he's burning posting
0: (laughs) intensely. (laughs) Yes.
1: He's just just schizo posting. uh, uh, And it's, it's marvelous. Um, And it's very interesting, right? Because a 16 Z is, is, has hired Catherine Boyle, who's talking about American dynamism and how we do need to bring supply chains back and invest in America. Um, Uh, You know, Mark wrote that Time to Build piece a few years back. It's become more belligerent, a little bit more tied in politically and culturally and against the current thing, right, as he would say. And then you add on top of that what's happened last month with Musk, who is completely off the handle, like just off the chain, right, on Twitter, responding to people you would never dream he'd respond to, saying what you would. So what's going on there? I don't necessarily know that all these people are all in agreement about everything. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't think that they're in agreement, certainly with anything on the right, old right or new right. Um, but I do think that this kind of statesmanship is almost forced upon them. Because if you're in a situation where you can do this and you start to realize how bad things are, um, you know, you, some people have, either from nobility or self-interest, are going to start saying these things.
0: Yeah, I think there's also an an, an aspect of Realizing that there is power to be had, I think there you know the the idea that we have a right to rule, I think it hasn't occurred to many that you know the the crown of France is lying in the dirt and it can be picked up with whatever implement one might find at at his disposal so it's um yeah it's 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 one of those things I feel like more and more people who have uh, kind of new right inclinations are realizing that you know taking uh, initiative in the real world is might be easier than you think um, if you if you actually do it <laughs> instead of mm-hmm. instead of being afraid to do it because you know obviously the, the backlash could be immense.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that's very true. Um, um, you know, give the give the uh, the base example, the uh, low example of uh, commerce, right? I mean, a- anyone with three brain cells that aren't fighting each other, uh, should be able to realize that there's millions of consumers who don't want to buy products and services from people who hate them. Um, and you know, that's something where, um, it's not only grift though, this is actually how we change things. Right. And that's, you know, people realize that they realize that there's this vacuum, uh, politically. And once you get over your kind of grief for what you thought America was or America as it was, And then you, you just practically look around, um, you know, absolutely. And, you know, I have to say that's the, this is also the, the, the the game, the danger, what happens in these situations is that, uh, you know, everyone wants a great leader. Um, that person usually isn't the person, uh, you want them to be. And the race is always, uh, you know, a few good men out there in the midst of the madness and uh, a number of others, um. Uh, who you know who's doing it for the right reasons and who's going to be able to create something that's greater than themselves uh and not just make it uh, about themselves so that the whole thing falls apart afterwards i mean that's that's a these are all the kinds of things that you, you it's kind of themes you can see kind of developing but yeah i think so i think that there's a good kind of desire for uh for fame or glory um that's natural uh that can be harnessed for good uh when people realize that their um their ambition can be tied to actually serving the common good of a community. Um, that's healthy. Um, that can, that's how you, you harness these things. Taming it is always a problem. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, the race is on and it's only going to increase as more and more people realize uh, what's going on. I mean, look at our president, Guys, a guy can barely get through a sentence and you're looking around going, wait a minute, this is a free for all. And in the midst of that, people either because of self-interest or otherwise are going to jump in and, um, ultimately that's a good thing because I think it's the only way, the only way out is through, as I like to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is scary, you know, being at, uh, at, you know, knowing what time it is and also seeing, you know, this, this early signs of, of, you know, what some might call collapse, uh, showing, showing themselves, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of creative destruction in the process. It's not going to end up glorious for, for many people. And it's probably, there's going to be a lot of uh, pain. I mean, there's a lot of pain already, you know, inflation, that's already pain. The pain of collapse of a certain type of financial superstructure. There's, you know, there's there's pain in in all of the social dysfunction that's been left to fester in the wake of of all the things that are going wrong, so you know, f- from from fentanyl to homelessness, to you know, Europe has you know just millions of of people displaced from other other places that are creating you know like uh, there's that uh, recent article by by Malcolm Schoon and and Compact about what's going on in Sweden now. Sweden is pretty much a war zone at the moment. <laughs> you know, there's, there, there are things that are happening in in reality that you know are already. Uh, if you would have teleported someone back here from, I don't know, the 50s, they'd probably be thinking, OK, it's there's there are real problems here. Is this a dystopia? Maybe. <laughs> so uh, it's, um, you know, things are things are happening, uh, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, what's what comes next? What what is a um, from, from your perspective, I have a positive uh, vision of the future in the US, obviously, because that's, you know, that's your domain. But um, what would it would, you know, in 10 years, what would a good outcome from everything that's going on now uh, look like? Uh,
1: I could imagine a lot. Um, um, <laughs> I think we need to imagine a lot more than we do. Um, well, first, let's say, you know, how do you how do you develop this vision of the future? And then maybe we can point at it a little bit. I mean, America's always been pretty good at casting a vision of the future um and thrived on it to some degree um you know a kind of unrequited desire that channeled the wrong way leads to uh a lot of stupidity and ugliness and channeled the right way leads to um some of those beautiful glorious captivating um you know kind of stories the world knows and Americans aren't even aware of this power, especially today. There's a lot of negativity, right, about where we are, and it seems dystopian. But you really think about, you know, what the hell is going on when, uh, you know, the czar is out in the middle of the country shooting Buffalo with Bill Cody? I mean, people, like, loved, uh, they they loved this aspect of America that was forward-facing. And You hear Musk talk about it. You hear Teal talk about it. I think the problem is it's a little too technocratic when they talk about it. Like we need, we need innovation. They promise flying cars and, you know, brilliant guys. And what they're saying is true, but we don't have, I haven't seen yet a, you know, a kind of, I hate the word sick academic uses it, but academics use this word, right. But a kind of substantial, colorful, human, you know, religious, theological, political vision of uh, what the future should be. The people on the right generally just complain and they talk about decline, Um, but nothing's inevitable. Nothing is inevitable in, in history and in life. And there are millions of people who are not down with the program right now. So I would say in 10 years, I would say even sooner than that, this is what I am actively trying to foster, foment, guide and lead is a movement that is pro-human as opposed to transhuman, that is pro-tech in the service of uh, in the service of humanity and uh, not in the service of enslaving us to you know AI and the demons or whatever I mean so so I, I don't think that that's a broad-based coalition right I mean do you want to be more human excellence as a human and think about who the coalition is and I'll say a few seconds about what this might look like and then I'll, I'll be quiet but the coalition is, there are people out there who are Christian, um, are, are traditionally religious in some way, who need to be called to greatness, who need to realize that they should be leading. The city on the hill for American exceptionalism that everyone always complains about, it was a warning to the people of New England, a warning that frankly they needed because they did something that's amazing that most modern people could not do, which is be ported to shore like that and build a community without ripping each other apart and i mean it's amazing what they did right how'd they do that because they were religious they had a mission and they knew that people were watching them they were the city on the hill and if they failed they would become a byword among the nations they would disgrace themselves and their god that was the real point of it it wasn't you know oh shining america it was uh winthrop saying to the early puritans like you were like the like, which christ says in the new testament you are the city on the hill it can't, can't be hit. It's right, about, it's right where he talks about the bushel and persecution. So the Benedict option, as it were, right, is half true. Like you should congregate with people to live a way of life that is, that is virtuous, that is wholesome, that is excellent. But, uh, but when you do that, you are, you are light. Well, well, where the hell is the city here? Because we do see a dystopia. And aren't there millions of people who go to church every week who actually are trying to follow their faith in some way? What the hell are you doing? Why don't you rebuild the city? And if you did do that, what would it look like? Then there's people who uh, value human excellence, who are elite in the, a good sense, of the word, and they realize that this other stuff, even if they're not religious, is is ugly and and goes against you know talent, innovation, and they rebel against it and they say, you know what, I I can you know I I kind of overlap with Christian morality basically. There's some natural virtue we agree on, and they're also looking around. There's your I think there's your teals and, and must a little bit, maybe. Uh, but there's a lot of people like that who are professionals, talented. They want to get out of these blue chip companies. It's a hellhole. They want to be part of something that's, whole, that's, that's, you know, that's more wholesome and exciting, exciting to them, a decent way of life. And then there's the people who are lo- young and lost, number three, uh, are kind of very online souls, people who have seen the dystopia. They know uh, what it's like and how bad it is. And you know, there's the lost boys and girls of the world and they're looking for something new and interesting and they know they got to get out. And then lastly, I would call it the, uh, you know, the, the kind of libertarian impulse, people who just want to be left alone. Right. Those are the constituent groups. Um, I just avoided your question, uh, but those are the constituent groups. And I think from there, if you, you start thinking about, you know, what those people could do if they moved in consolidated power by moving geographically and digitally into the same spaces to just live a way of life, to be happy. It's like, is that subversive? Like they just, just, just to be happy to have a decent family and marriage, to have decent schools for your kids, um, to pool together with other people in ways where you can have meaningful work, where you can be engaged with your community in some meaningful way. Um, if they just do that all of a sudden, um, you know, I, I think some possibilities open up, Uh, but it may be that they won't do that unless there's a bold vision presented to them. Yeah. I
0: mean, this, this, this sounds wonderful, but is it possible without some form of, um, you know, national divorce or what? Uh, what uh, you know, essentially, a, a regional splitting of of people who might not want these uh, these values might not, you know, agree with you.
1: So, yeah. So, and that's a that's a very uh, important question, uh, obviously. Uh, but here's what I'd say: I don't think that. In a way it matters it matters greatly obviously in some way because the only way out is through whether or not there's some kind of separation or divorce or whatever and that's the the best way forward the only way uh to uh to win if this country is not to fall apart or devolve into sort of a factionalism is to consolidate power in the way that i just described Mm -hmm. so you know, if if um, if it really is the case that you are not allowed to live this good way of life, uh, even though millions of people are moving to Texas and Florida every day and, and Nashville, right, to do so, um, then, okay, that's fine. But let's try the experiment first where people are just realizing I can't just stay where I am anymore. I have to move, right? I have to go somewhere else. Now that's actually happening. No one's talking about it, but there's no doubt like Texas is reddening. Florida is reddening. Now, there are millions of people pouring across the border, of course, but but it's it, it it's this is really happening. And and they they just redistrict the hell out of both states. I mean, the right did. And you can see even Greg Abbott. This is very different than in the past. Someone like Greg Abbott, more of an establishment Republican, right? He's saying more belligerent things. A lot of people don't trust that he uh, means them, but he's saying more belligerent things you could ever imagine. Why? Because he's trying to placate the right rather than the left. Mm-hmm. Like that's n- that's not normal. Like. And DeSantis is is basically king of Florida. He's got over hundred million dollars in the bank. He's belligerent as hell. People are moving there every day. You can't find luxury housing in South Florida, like tripling prices in the last year or two. So, so this, so, so here's, but but the, the, all that won't matter unless there is a vision of the future and what it could be like here and now. And what I call that is resettling uh, America, resettling uh, uh, and refounding um, our civilization and our culture, renewing an an American way of life worthy of the name. And there, I think, is where the bold vision needs to come into play. What does that look like? Well, you got to think about what are the things that make you happy? And some of the things I was just mentioning, right? Uh, Meaningful work, community engagement, marriage and family, and uh, church going, right? Those are like common social science uh, markers, as some friends of mine have pointed out. Where can you do that? Where can you do that where you really... You really can live this way. We need to experiment again. We have a frontier right here. We have a digital frontier and we have a geographic frontier when you think about what's possible. And what's possible is, don't, look, what if a bunch of people move to a Texas county, right? That has 500 people in it. And decided we're going to have a decent way of life. We're going to have remote work. We're going to have some businesses that are going to move in with us. We're all going to move at the same time. Uh, you know, or someone buys the land, we spack a city, right? And then they say, uh, you know, we're gonna give this out, to people. If you're here a certain amount of time, you will not have to pay taxes. Whatever it is, there's a lot of ways that you could rethink what communal life looks like within the United States now, in the right states. If you had the vision,
0: yeah. Do you think um, kind of the, the the grip on power, you know, from the federal level is is loosening enough to allow this? I mean, is there, you know, you can have localism, but do you think there's a risk that you know they're just going to be just sweeping? you know tr- attempts at squashing it or is just the energy draining uh, out of the you know the the central behemoth as it is growing uh at the periphery
1: yeah that's a good question too i mean I, I, who knows i i think i think um my i it's hard to say because this is still the most powerful institutions controlled by the other side uh, in in the in the nation and um that's just the way it is on the other hand, they're clearly, um, white knuckling it like grasping, um, in a way like, uh, increasingly intolerant, uh, of, uh, this sort of thing. So, I, but what I would say is that I, I guess I think more practically, um, even within the bounds of the law and what's possible now, there's still lots of room to build lots of things. We just don't have the leaders in place yet. It's a race to build those things and to become those leaders. So uh, there's no reason, I mean, Musk shows the way here, right? There's a lot of other rich people in the world who are CEOs, like no one else can can do this. No one else can figure out, like they, they, they can get involved in these battles and it doesn't hurt them. Um, you know, that's, that's moving everything in a, in a good direction. But also when you think of, um, you know, movements to, uh, to, to live a, a different way of life, look, I think people are fascinated and are very interested in different kinds of architecture In, um, in uh, you know, why aren't we using the, the state of Texas to build like micro communities and mega cities and, you know, things people haven't dreamed of. We can do that here. What The missing element is not the talent, innovation and kind of technocracy. We have too much of that. The reason, what you need are people who actually have a substantial reason who actually practically want to live a certain way of life. Um, and... And I think that's what's lacking, right? You have to actually want to do that. And that, that is political and theological, um, the the reasons that, you know, people want to do that. And they have to see that there's a need for something new. In other words, like, the, you know, the Puritans have to realize there's somewhere else they can go. <laughs> they have to go somewhere else, right? I'm just saying we're, we're, we're still at the point where we can do that here, right? Um, you know, in other words, uh, Mormons and Jews, right? <laughs> like half the country... Half the country in America, or at least 40%, basically wants to act like that together. Yeah, And they have, there's an organizational problem to making it happen. But it's not as if they've shut everything down and this movement has just started. Does that make sense? I mean, it's like a commercial cultural movement. It doesn't have a name,
0: but it's real. Yeah, yeah. It's what, what people call the vibe shift. Uh, and it's it's coming. And I think there's also kind of this component that, you know, there's a... These preference cascades that, stop, that start at the top. You know, people say Twitter is in real life, but there is, you know, you know, like you mentioned, Thiel, Andreessen, Musk. You know, these are some of the most powerful people. Even Jeff Bezos, you know, commented positively on that Vanity Fair article, which is kind of strange. Uh, and it was like, oh, very, very nice and fair. You know, like, uh, you know, and he's obviously mean, he, he owns the Washington Post, so he's obviously kind of a of a, a woke impresario of sorts. But still, you know, things are changing. Like, it's not extremely low status to be talking about these ideas. Um, and I feel like, you know, things started shifting slightly with Jordan Peterson, where kind of religion became acceptable to be discussed by mm-hmm. smart people. And then there was a little bit of a cascade in that direction, you know, kind of a thousand flowers bloomed in the discourse world after Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And now you see we're kind it's kind of trickling in from from above, like the, 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 it, it's allowed to be high status. You can still be high status and in, in, even in some of the most high status rooms in the world while holding these ideas. And that is very powerful uh, and it can happen very fast. So, I mean, that's that's kind of um, my hope uh, you know, from from someone who I, I do believe kind of in the late theory, I do think, you know, things start at the top and then they do trickle down and people do want to imitate these these memeplexes plexes uh, if they're high status enough. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a good I feel like it's a it's a good time. But also, like you said, these are hugely powerful institutions. Who knows uh, what the, you know, knee jerk reaction is going to be and what how much, um, you know, powder they still have in their uh, <laughs> pockets.
1: Well, we have to find out. And the only way to find out is by pushing to the max, what's possible that can actually practically be done now. And you know, you, you, if you don't have, um, this is what I've come to. And look, I haven't come to this from, if I wanted to make money, like I, I would have to be uh, really dumb given my, my trajectory. You know, I, I really wanted to be in education. I wanted to build educational institutions. I saw that as, because I saw that as powerful. I saw that as, uh, you know, what, what shapes things. I, very interested in politics in ways that yeah, consulting make money, but it was like about moving the dial. Um, and you know, now I'm not libertarian. I never even read the book. Uh, but right now if we don't have a revenue generating entities like working together as a movement, it's over. If you don't have, there is no neutrality. And if you don't have revenue generating entities of various kinds, trying to build a practical way of life, and that of course involves products and services, but it's based around a vision of how human life should be that reorganizes the entire way in which you sell products and services, right? If you have a vision of what this way of life should look like. And I think there, I believe there is a broad based coalition of people who are very interested in it. And that's why this, this religion thing is all of a sudden like not low status anymore. Um, then, then it's possible to win. If you don't have that, if you don't have basically an economy within an economy, um, it doesn't matter, like, you know, separation, no separation, it's over. There's no yeah. separation. So, I mean, right now it's like the opposite of civil war, civil war in America. You had the two economies. I mean, it was one economy, but there were, there were basically two economies. Those are at odds. And you actually, it's almost like they developed the theory over time, especially in the South, um, on that basis, right? They weren't very philosophical about it at first, but they, but they developed a philosophy, um, over time and so you got this radical divide over the fundamentals um and right now it's almost the opposite the radical divide is already there over the fundamentals um what wants to separate out is the economy and culture and so by all means like we must separate it out uh and if we're successful that becomes powerful enough to basically retake the country or transform the country refound the country uh, after the left has already refounded it uh, and, or, uh, or if there was a separation, like that would make it possible, but, but if, without that, it's not possible. And that to me is the clincher. Like people can talk they're read op-eds all they want. That's wonderful. It's great. And there is, I believe in elite theory as well. I mean, those ideas can be, but at the, at the end of the day, like either you have this movement or you don't. And if you don't have this movement, you are done. Uh and, and that is that is the, the fundamental fact. You don't have an economy within an economy, a kind of culture within a culture, you don't have a bold vision, positive vision that isn't just I'm anti wokeness of what this life should be like and what we can actually do about it here and now, then this is all just talk. Does that make sense? That's what yeah. I've come to. I mean, and I've come to that through the school hard
0: knocks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's that's the uh, the main divide and kind of the 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 point where we depart from the IDW as well. We are kind of the the side of people who um maybe we don't necessarily share the same values but we know that a set of values that is uh that is fixed mm-hmm. not updating, not progressing, not adding pretty much, you know, uh call it uh I don't know natural law or, or whatever you want to call it, but we believe that that is something that should uh, be at the foundation of, of our civilization. And it is not. Uh, so then you have the people who essentially, essentially that's kind of what the IDW still believes. They be, they are progressives, but they really don't like wokeness. Well, you know, there's, there's a much bigger distance between us and the IDW than there is between wokeness and them. So that's, that's kind of where, uh, where the, you know, we're, we're always part and they've parted a long time ago. Unfortunately, that's uh, you know yeah. that's, that's the question of a, a lot of streams and a lot of podcasts, but it is true.
1: No, that's very that's so. This goes back to the the point you made about religion. I think this is really important what you're saying, and um, it really needs to be emphasized more. Um, so, so the IDW types, like the, you can see them, they're still kind of think like religion is low status, right? That's not yeah, science, of science, technology, um, and they still hold to this. Um, I my suspicion is now that it's just because it's more intellectual uh, in a way than than some of the doers we we're talking about who have money and I have high status or uh, are, are great. So, so let's play that out a little bit. I mean, the IDW is still stuck in this paradigm of, which is most of these people's fancy education, where they're, they're just ignorant. Like they have no conception of, you know, the, the beauty and thought of some of the greatest minds in, you know, thousands of years of history. And they, they have no, they're, they're like, uh, they're like primitive savages when it comes to an actual real education and they just all stem, you know, and, that doesn't tell you anything about how to use it or what to build. And I think that's actually the problem of innovation being stifled, right? Is that the, the reason we don't even know what to do with it. Like, and that's the problem with Andreessen's, like it doesn't go far enough. A time to build, build what, for what? You know, there's a reason people build, build beautiful, big, beautiful things. A lot of them are called temples, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, th- there's a reason, um, uh, you know, political ideals that, that that allow people to. So anyway, they, 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 they don't have any conception of it. And it's—I don't think it's very complicated. Like, it's because they never read the books, or if they did, it was like, "This is a historical blah blah blah." Like, okay, I guess I'll do that as a hobby. I'll read the history. of Like, if you've ever read Saint Augustine, like you've never read the Confessions, you don't even know what some of the greatest minds have said about these things. You don't even know that there are different, obviously different ways to access the truth, uh, other than uh, the, you know the, the hypothesis, the scientific method. Do you even realize where the word science comes from? right? Which is knowledge, you know, <laughs> that science, yeah, that, that was describing something that encompassed your scientific knowledge, right? But there's other ways to access the truth and we all use them every day. And there's some people who've thought very deeply about this over the last thousands of years and argued about stuff that's off the table for these people. And it's not their, in a, in a way, it's not their fault, right? They've never even experienced, they'd have no access to that. And so, so I, I think that, what's happening. In it, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to hear what you think what's happening here. I think what's happening with religion is that there are people who realize like Musk, when he was on Babylon beat, it was really remarkable to me. Um, at the end, they do the whole, the whole Protestant thing. And it cracked me up. Like, we have to ask you if you will invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart as your savior or whatever at the end. And, and Musk, uh, to his, to his credit, was he's like, got stopped. I mean, he took it seriously. Right. I mean, he's like, well, I mean, you know, okay, Jesus. And he starts talking, To me, it looked like he wanted to talk longer. Like he wasn't, he he was not, um, he took that seriously because he's realized that this other stuff isn't serious and these are serious questions. And I think part of what's driving that is that they're seeing the breakdown, uh, and the emptiness of the purely technocratic society. And they see that that even self-interestedly is like destroying the possibility of going to Mars or creating, you know, the kinds of things they want to create. Uh, and it's breaking down civilization. So it's almost like practical, uh, elite people who recognize something about natural virtue are realizing, oh my gosh, we want to go back, that Christianity at least encourages some of these good virtues. And it's, there's some serious questions here that, uh, you know, we didn't answer. And clearly that's not enough. Look at what's happening a civilization. Um, so I, I think something something like that is what, is creating this this uh, shift, and uh, let me just say one more thing. I mean, what's interesting is this is what made America different in the beginning was that the modern type minds who were here, uh, like say so your Thomas Jeffersons, right, who are, who are not, uh, you know, uh, definitely not like a, a, a Christian. Um, he still thought that Christ was the greatest moral teacher, and the reason he got rid of the miracles in the Bible, he's like, well, that's that's irrational. But he's still, why is he doing that? Why is he painstakingly going through the New Testament? I wish I had an elite today who would actually read the New Testament closely enough to get rid of the miracles. It's because he thought that the moral teaching was sound. And he, so he thought like there was a, na- basically he believed in a kind of natural virtue that he thought overlapped with Christianity, even if, you know, he didn't believe in revelation. That overlap, right, with, with elites and and Christianity is what made uh, the founding I think good at all like that made it possible to create something that was different. That was interesting and allowed it to, uh, to, to survive. And that's what we kind of see now. Like, I think there's, that still exists. It always has existed, right? That it's the reason that it's Christians that save the writings of, of, of Cicero, right. Or, or Aristotle. I mean, because there's, there's a, a, a reason and revelation thing, um, where you can say, well, I don't know about revelation and the mystery, Um, Although I'm drawn to it, oddly, (laughs) because I (laughs) I realized that science doesn't actually explain everything. Um, But but there's a there's like a a practical, natural virtue that overlaps. Is that that I mean, as all over the place, but that's my take on, I think, what's naturally shift where we're shifting back to. And I think what we have seen is actually really unnatural and can't last very long where you say, oh, no, we're an atheistic, secular society that believes in science like a that's BS. Half of you are, you know, got all kinds of spiritual beliefs. Uh, But but if you get rid of Christianity, you're going to get back to some kind of, you know, sex cults and little deities and things you worship. It's normal. Like that's normal in human society without Christianity.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the golden calf in, in many, in many ways and in many flavors, especially now because the technology allows us to each have our own golden calf, which is a quite, you know, quite the innovation. Uh, and, and the congregate with people across the world who worship the same Moloch or whatever type yeah. of demon you want. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Good. It's, uh, I, th- I think, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And I feel like, um, you know, these, the, the new elites, the Silicon Valley elites have, uh, have now, or like in the last few years started to have intimate knowledge of the consequences of what, you know, wokeness is at their door. I think it was easy to ignore, uh, before it, you know, became a problem, it before it, you know, affected the bottom line in, in the way it does, you know, before they had to jump through the wokeness hoops in hiring, before they actually had to, you know, put out the product, you know, ship their code or, you know, make their rockets. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of the, the the negative vision that's been knocking at their door and i think you know some you know these these guys are what like 40 50 you know some some bordering 60 um they've probably reached you know the 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 first mountain and looked down and you know the the gaping abyss is opening in front of them and you know you know you know time to build but what for you know that that question rings deeply in in the in the mind of many so uh i think you know the positive vision and you know the the flirting with religion and all this stuff um comes From that as well, so I think you know we're we're well placed to have a a revival, you know, at the level of the elites, just because you know it's it it, yeah it's just to be expected from from. And also, you know, like you said, the, our, our uh, relationship with science has reached a certain mature point now, especially after COVID. I mean, it's almost, it's, it's impossible to patch up the mon- momentous failures. Uh, and just like we, we have, you know, physical knowledge of, of the disasters that they've done, like, you know, lab leak, like COVID was man-made. I'm sorry, people, yeah, you know, take this off the air, but I think this is pretty much, you know, common knowledge now. And then, uh, you know, the vaccines, I mean, you know, vaccine injuries, and there, there's a lot of problems that, you know, stem from science, from, from the God-emperor god, god Emperor science. And, uh, you know, people see them physically in the day-to-day, you know, up until this point, computers are, you know, a day-to-day miracle, love my microwave, wonderful, only miracles, but in the last few years, you know, they've they've taken it down a few notches. And I think, you know, people are starting to realize that, OK, if this is the only way to um, to access reality, oh, right. it's, it's got problems. Uh, and yeah. the people, the, the high priests themselves have have problems. So, um, yeah, I think there's um, disillusionment with all of these things at, at many levels and happy, happy that's happening at the elite level as well.
1: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, I think that's what's most promising to me. And let me say, um, another thing that's kind of sustained me is, you know, you get these figures at the top. I mean, you're talking about, uh, uh you know, Mark and and, and Elon and, uh, Peter Thiel. Um, these are people who are very interesting human beings. they are different than the rest of the, uh, a lot of the clowns who, uh, you know, roam about the, that world. Um, but, 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 but let me say this. I mean, my, where I come in and what, where new founding comes in and kind of what we're doing in media, tech and finance is the fact that there are, uh, people who contact me all the time and have for the last few years, which has inspired me to do this, who are in media tech and finance who want to get out. Uh, and I mean, I tell you like the, the, the based finance bros who are, you know, like Gen Xers who are in finance, like they're the ones who, you know, there's like one for every 10, but they're the other ones who like, Hey, I was reading the American mind or, you know, I really like your tweets. Uh, uh yeah, I think it's all going to fall apart too. And at first I was kind of like, great, you know, we're, <laughs> you know, we're all going to die. Um, uh, but, but I was like, yeah, confirmation. And uh, then I started to realize that, you know, a lot of these people are stuck and, uh, it's easy if you're, you're commenting, but when you're in that situation, even if you are incredibly wealthy, for instance, too, your your money is tied to the um, the system, so all of a sudden, you know, you could be managing billions of dollars. You could be, um, uh, you know, someone who just is known in media and very talented and makes a great living. Uh, you're stuck either way, right? Because you can't just announce and put out a press release like I hate the wokeness and I'm joining this other thing. The other thing doesn't exist, and and there's no. So what I find is. There's a lot of talented people. This is why it's a historic moment. And this is what we have to take advantage of. And, you know, why am I doing it? Because it needs to be friggin' done, you know? So, all these people, they want to get out. Now, they're willing to take a pay cut, right? Um, they're willing to move. In fact, a lot of them want to move. And what you'll hear is, I'm going to be fired in the next you know, like year or year and a half or two years. Or I don't know when I'm going to have to quit out of principle, right? They're not cowards. They're just not insane. They're not suicidal. So they want a way out and they want, but they need to make, they need to make some money. Uh, you know, they are willing to take a pay cut. They need to make some money and they need to, uh, th- they need to work with people of equal talent, right? They don't want to just work for some grift or some podunk thing. And a lot of them aren't necessarily executives um, or entrepreneurs, right? So it's like they're really talented at something, but they want to come into a larger team. They can't just go out on their own. Uh, so, so this is the kind of stuff that, uh, we exist to create. I mean, there needs to be a private equity fund. That's looking for medium sized businesses that will reach red state America. Plus some, there needs to be, um, it is actually investing in the supply chain, right? That's, that's looking for obstacles and opportunities there. Um, there needs to be a large scale movement where people can, you know, move millions of dollars, uh, out of woke capital's grasp. Uh, and that's, uh, something that millions of people want. And a lot of talented people want to make happen. They have to be brought together uh, to work together to make that happen. So this movement is already exists. It's already latent. Uh, and that's, uh, that's elite. And, and, and I, I think what you're describing is very much fits these other people who are, you know, uh, the, the worker bees at elite level, they're absolutely like ready. Uh, and, and they, they, uh, a friend of mine called it, um, they see some of them are religious, but others aren't but they see something like civilizational health is a phrase I like, right? And you just see like, this is not a healthy civilization because they're in a perch where they can see, you know, better than many a suit on Twitter, although some of them are the suits on Twitter, um, where things are. And, and so, so, it's you know, to me, it's like, how do we just get, since I've already planted the flag, since I'm already pre-canceled, Um, that actually gives me an advantage in a weird way, right? That's my, my brand really it's like, you already know where I'm at politically. I'm already been called a fascist in print, right? We, that let's get over that. But now we're going to, we're going to find the talented people and put them together and help foster this movement. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's very hopeful and, um, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I guess my hopeful bit is just like, look, I talk to these people all the time and they exist. And they want to do this. They want to get out and build something new.
0: Yeah. Most people, you know, wouldn't necessarily want to take a pay cut in their, in their normal lives. But when you add, you know, you know the, the element of civilizational health and also seeing the negative vision all around you, it, it's, a, it's extra incentives. Uh, and I think a lot of people underestimate how, um, how easy it is, I mean... It's not easy, but it's it's doable to actually pivot to something where, you know, if you're, you know, a relatively smart person with, you know, energetic, there there are places where you can, you know, have an income that doesn't depend on, you know, selling your soul every day or uh, worshipping whatever, you know, demons that <laughs> they have you worship at the diversity seminar or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's really hopeful. And, uh, you know, an, uh, another really hopeful thing is like the, the most hopeful people that I've had on this show were uh, two guys from South Africa, uh, who, you know, essentially said that they, they love the fact that even though civilization is crumbling around them, they have a um, kind of a heroic mission, You know, it's, it's a very animating thing. It's, it's, I think it's very, it's underestimated how important this is, but yeah, you know, to them, it's like, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: It's it's so true. I mean, meaningful work, right? I mean, this is what we've taken away from everyone, by the way, we've taken away, because you take away a notion of the common good and you take away um, the connection of everyone's work to something that is meaningful. And, you know, some of the most meaningful stuff is just building physical things for people like without which they can't live. why don't we dignify, you know, work in, in, in no matter what the work is, it can always be dignified in some way. But, but here, you know, we're in a time when, yeah, if you see things are as bad as I do, you know, that, that something has to be done. And this is therefore a noble, a noble calling. And you're trying to do good for real. And here's where the right always got it wrong, right? The, the social justice stuff was always going to work because everyone wants to be part of meaningful work. So if you can't define that in a good way, you're going to find some way to define it. That's why the wokeness isn't going to go away. It doesn't necessarily mean you go broke yet um, because it, it plays off of this desire to be part of something greater than yourself, to not just live a materialistic life, but to do good, right? And, and, and that's not that's natural, and so the response to that isn't neutrality it's that there's no neutrality but the, it's it's that there is a more human way of life an actual good way of life that we can stake out and we can plant that flag in the here and now as you know bad as things are things could get a lot worse probably will but but you can live a meaningful life in the midst of that uh, a life where you are actually happy and fulfilled and and happiness and fulfillment come from these kind of basic things that you know people have been able to uh, to find in the midst of terrible trying circumstances far beyond where we are now. So I think, I think you're exactly right. And this is what needs to be, uh, they need, people need to be inspired. Like we can do this. We can do this now. Like we're, you we already see threatening to break out this kind of commercial cultural movement, uh, of people where there's, you know, all kinds of people want these kinds of things I'm talking about. And, and so it's up to us to, um, to kind of, uh, tap the well, right. Once it starts flowing. So the way I put it is like, say, take media, right. This example, I think, people are more familiar with or understand intuitively. Everyone knows that like, people in Hollywood are not happy, right? I mean, even your typical lib producer right now, who's not exactly woke, but it is uh, you know a typical Me Too problem, uh, normal lib producer. This is someone who who do they, think they like what's going on? No, they're sitting there in their heart of hearts, going, oh "My God, when will this be over? It's got to end soon, right? At some point." It's not going to be like this the rest of my life. Everyone is unhappy. And so a lot of those people are so ideological and terrible, like whatever, right? But there's a lot, there's some of them who are already moving to Texas or whatever and trying to build new things. As soon as someone creates something that's just basically non-cringe, right? That generates, that shows the potential to generate revenue that, you know, if you had, if you, for instance, made three movies, there's one company that were somewhat successful, a ton of people would come out. It's the same thing in finance. It's like, let's have a race. Let's see who can build the funds, right, to get people's money the hell out of, of all these large financial institutions. It's the same It's the same thing in, um, in technology, right? I mean, millions of people want to move to a parlor, which kind of sucked, like, as a, as a product. But millions of people, they, there's no ads. They all just moved as a reaction because of the election like grandma and grandpa are moving from Facebook. That's a, that, that rarely happens in business. Right. And, and that desire is still there. That was years ago now. So, so, you know, again, I, I just, I don't really like win or lose. This is what needs to be done anyway. So that's, that's my job. Like not everyone's going to think that way, but, but this is what, like, sitting there, this opportunity. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot of talented people who would, who would rally, but I guess what you're describing, what I'm describing is that they need the vision. You know, they need someone to plant the flag of the vision and to start talking about it. And this is what we all need to hash out and talk about more and and dare uh, each other more to think about what what could be here and now.
0: Yeah. And and step away from the framing of the left, you know, like the whole, you know, who's a real racist and all this type of stuff. This is, you know, we (laughs) have to we have to not (laughs) engage in those conversations anymore, you know. Who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, and this is what you're doing at Newfounding and you also have the uh, Align newsletter, um, you know, tell tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll reveal more than I have publicly so far uh, right here because this is the only place to talk about these things is on interesting media uh, outlets as opposed to uh, some of the others who have been poking around. So, uh, new founding is one of the interesting things, I mean, media, tech and finance, but that's to foster a movement. And then there's internal things we want to do with each of them. So in terms of media, um, I want to create a, a men's lifestyle, woman's lifestyle, digital media brand. Uh, and then we've already created return life, which I really encourage if you're listening to check out return life, James Polis is kind of Uh, limbed out a vision for how we use technology and talk about technology in a more interesting way than all the other publications out there. And that return.life is a community. I mean, we're having launch parties, people in tech. Uh, These are people who want to build interesting things, who want technology to serve humanity rather than be enslaved by it, which I believed was what the original vision of Silicon Valley was. Um, So so, uh, return.life is kind of really exciting. It's more boutique uh, and elite in a way, uh, but that's going to grow in some interesting ways. And that's how do I live with technology? Men's and women's is how do I live as a man? How do I live as a woman in the midst of this morass? And there it's really about, again, framing a movement that already exists. Like you're part of a movement in probably multiple facets here. Um, and why don't we show that, right? As a brand, uh, and that's what we need to do media-wise. So so you got um, Return, the uh, men's and women's uh, named, uh, Return.Life, and then a line And a line is... Uh, the more commercial. So a line is the, right now it's just a newsletter, but it's a fast-growing newsletter with a lot of people reading it. Comes out once a week, you know, 700 some words. It just talks about, uh, say, fitness stuff or furniture, uh, things that you want to buy and gives you non-woke uh, alternatives or at least better alternatives uh, to the crazy, you know, big corporate woke brands. And it's free. Uh, we we're not uh, we're not you know making money on that now in any way. That's a, that's something we're building towards though. What we want to do is become your kind of Costco. Your, like we want to go out and procure for people and evaluate for people these businesses. I care more about that than anything else, and become a trusted voice. Like if we find someone has gone woke or or some company uh, you know kind of violates what people want, we get rid of them and we find someone else. Um, So right now, though, Align is just a free newsletter, uh, joinalign.us, joinalign.us, go go there, you sign up and you just get a a newsletter every week that outlines out in a positive way, right? We talk about negative things, but only if we go to a positive, (laughs) Uh, a positive way, assuming uh, we assume that there's a broad coalition of people who have the same view of what's positive and good, because there are, who disagree with all this ugliness and this garbage. Um, and, And you say, okay, well, what do I buy? right? Uh, in order to help me live that way of life. And what can I buy that's not made by slaves in China? Uh, sometimes, sometimes that's impossible. Like sometimes it is Chinese, but they, they, they purchase their stuff in China, their headquarters in America, but they are active, they are not woke, right? They don't say any of that stuff. Okay, well, that's, that's something, right? I, that, that moving in that direction is obviously something a lot of people want to do. I don't want to rush it, I want to do something that provides value to people and then become, uh, that brand, that media brand becomes a trusted voice that then can, uh, you know, can help people with products and services. So like, for instance, if I got uh, 10 medium sized companies that we think are like, we know the CEOs, we think, are we think are sound and they, they can send stuff to your house every month, like things that you subscribe to, I'd bundle a subscription, right. To our people. And say, uh, you know, here's a deal for you. It's in the business's interest because they don't have that kind of publicity. And we'll say, look, go with them over these big dogs. And that's the only way to win, ultimately. a Channel millions of dollars away. Because you can, pro- there's a lot of things you should do. Like government should, in some ways, crack down on them. Um, there's all kinds of things that could be done to big corporate and woke capital. But at the end of the day, like what I want to do is actually hurt them the hardest. And And how do you do that? You take away their money, right? You say... Coca-Cola would notice if a uh, regional distributor would notice if there was a regional drink, right? Soft drink that was clearly going off non-woke in a competitive way. Um, you take a, take a $10 million company and make it a $50 million company and competitors will friggin notice. That's what we need to do. This is economic war. Uh, and, and so that's difficult to do though, because it has to be done as not a grift It needs to be, uh, you know, it needs to be done in a way where you're really providing value you're gathering talented people who have experience in different aspects of it, and you're putting something together in a in a you know, in a solid way. Anyway, that's my that's yeah. that's the. I haven't even practiced this spiel.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good spiel. I like the fact that, you know, I can tell you're animated by it. I can tell it is not a grift, which is always a challenge in, in the space because, you know, like, like, you know, we both said there's energy in the space or great ideas. There's a lot of people who, who just speak about things that are true and beautiful and it's exciting. And I've, this is, you know, what animated me to create this podcast as well. And I, I know that, you know, some people see it Oh, you know, she's just, she's just sucking energy out of this, you know, this sucking woman out mm-hmm. in the sticks in Romania trying to, I don't know, divert the energy. Um yes, I guess I don't know. It's it's um it's 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 something that, you know, people are noticing and uh I think it's a good thing. And, you know, even if you're called a grifter, it doesn't matter, you know, it's it's part of sure. the um, yeah it's part of it's part of just participating in this thing that we all find beautiful so you know i think everyone kind of ha- you know deals with this, uh, this accusation in, in spaces like this this is not the first movement that's, you know been in you know in in the yeah in the same uh, life cycle
1: yeah i mean i like to say um it's like uh i did you know every every day um especially when i was more doing the american mind stuff and creating that It's like, I would hear someone's a fed, someone's a Nazi, someone's a grifter, (laughs) uh, you know, often the same person, right? I mean, (laughs) fed or Nazi, you know, (laughs)
0: like, I
1: mean, (laughs) this is the, this, I mean, you eventually just, it's like, you just tune it all out. I mean, um, I think there's a lot of like weird subgroup stuff that goes on, uh, anytime you have kind of intellectual ferment or transitional, uh, change where old outdated frameworks fall. And so I think what's important, you know, to survive is exactly, you can't, you just got to do your thing and, uh, and go on. Like, I don't, I don't pay attention to that, but I, but I think what's, what I, what is important that, um, that you don't take shortcuts in, in some of this where there is a lot of energy. So it, it is temptation sometimes to take shortcuts. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's not, but we need to think, you know, big, this is about, um, This is about refounding a civilizational decline, you know, civilization. Um, And that is as big as we should think, uh, because that is what needs to happen. And whether or not we can accomplish that doesn't change the fact that it needs to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a, I I like to, you know, we'll leave it at that. I think that's a very good, uh, a good way to summarize, you know, yeah. What what needs to happen you know if if it isn't us if it's whoever, but it needs to happen um, I also want to ask you the question of the show. No one gets away without answering the question of the show, uh, which is, do you have a subversive thinker uh, you think is underrated? you know people should check out someone maybe influential in, in your thinking
1: uh it, you know it it's it's a tough question because um i I find that. Here's my problem. My problem with it is that I don't like the game of, I know about the super cool, <laughs> you know, have you ever read? But, I mean, it's fun, right?
0: Of course. That's why I asked the question. About,
1: do you even know about this person? Um,
0: Name five albums. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah. Do you know about the super cool band? And I don't, I mean, I, I think, um, I think um I will because I'm rebelling double <laughs> triple across. I, I will say um this this book um Normie Thomism <laughs> uh The Intellectual Life uh book by a priest named Sir Langes. Do you know this book? No. Uh, so it's S-E-R-T-I-L-L-A-N-G-E-S, I think. Um It's called The Intellectual Life. It's short, and it's like, uh, I don't know, sort of like Thomas uh, Jordan Peterson. I mean, he's just describing kind of in a spiritual way for everybody what you would have to do to carve out an intellectual life. Um, And it's completely (laughs) subversive to the entire technocratic mindset. (laughs)
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> very interesting.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's somewhat practical um, and it's just kind of like uh, it calms you when you read it. It's like this wise, uh, kind of, wise, you know, this old wise man telling you how to carve out intellectual life for yourself in the midst of, of the madness and, and how to value uh, contemplation of the truth um, as you can and how, how to do that, how to try to do that uh in a in a way that becomes habitual and that i find is 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 subversive because the uh, it's the opposite right of of everything that everyone around you wants you to do because you have to be you know doing all this uh you know quote unquote practical stuff uh running this race with forgetting about what makes all of civilization possible which is uh a seeking and a a a, a, a habitual seeking of of what's actually true And trying to just to behold to see uh what's truly beautiful and uh and and the problem is like that's uh you know that's a bold statement It's it's a noble thing to say but what this uh this i guess he was a priest uh lays out in the intellectual life is 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 a practical way um to try to do that in your own life
0: yeah no that sounds that sounds really interesting um yeah definitely subversive definitely has not been mentioned before i think you've you've completely fit the bill uh, <laughs> right. yeah i I want to thank you again matt this has been uh awesome it's been a long time coming uh, I do want to point people to the american mind wonderful publication I've been published there. I've also been published on return life uh one of the first yes. essays there it's uh Super. uh it's a it's a lovely um it's a lovely publication um and also check out the Align newsletter and uh, new founding, depending on what projects pop up there. I know there's a, there's a website, it's still a little bit mysterious, but I'm sure there's a, there, there are going to be more things popping out of this project as well. So thank you so much, Matt. Uh, it's, it was lovely to, to chat to you.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah. Long time coming. I'm glad we were finally able to do it. And it's just a pleasure.
0: If you like what you're hearing, want to see where I take it, And maybe want early access to episodes, bonus episodes, access to the AMA, or you just want to support the cause of dissident speech or my work in general, head to my Patreon at patreon.com slash aksubversive. Your donations are what keeps the lights on and makes the show possible, so thank you.